We get into the idea of Nata Rajasana and the idea of dancer's pose is really all about how this habitual practice creates an internal connection to listen, right? And that dancer's pose and the way that your handouts are kind of laid out, it goes through, we're going to talk about the definition of the pose and all about the cosmic dancer and what kind of sequences and variations that you can get to in follow-up poses. But really, the thing that you really, really are coming to the mat to do when you come to dancer's pose is you're coming to the mat to learn lessons and to listen and find space. Um, when you listen and you find space, this incredible pose really shows you how to find some freedom. Um, did you know that um, the cosmic dancer or the meaning of the pose, which is says there on the Sanskrit definition is Natarajasana, so I guess we should say that out loud, Nataraja. Right? And I'm definitely not a Sanskrit scholar, so I'm probably not saying the words properly. We have specific teachers for that. But dancer's pose is defined as the dancer or actor for Nata. Raja meaning king and asana meaning pose. So a lot of times this pose is talked about as like the lord of the dance. And I think there's like some Irish people who are the lord of the dances too. <laughs> or something like that. Like some dance troupe, right? But this uplifting backbend um, promotes courage and um, it allows you to dispel despondency. It is invigorating. To, fill, um, to help you to fulfill your true potential. And it's also, as a backbend, it does that, but it's also a stabilizing pose to build stamina and determination and allow you to set your sights on your higher purpose. So we're really focusing on kind of balancing out the fluctuations of our mind as we start to pay attention and listen in this pose. So a lot of you, when I asked thumbs up or thumbs down, you were like, uh, kind of like it, kind of learning how to like it, or I don't like it at all. And a lot of our balance comes from just that eternal, internal awareness of the breath, right? Through the pose, we're grounding down. That's our initial first thing we're doing. We're finding Tadasana. We're standing in our truth. And then we're moving into that um, standing in the affirmation of the Tadasana to like own it and be like, I'm a superhero, I'm a badass mofo, right? From that pose, we're gonna move deeper into it and when we lift our arm up to the sky, energetically, we're becoming like a pillar. So we're extending our spine, we're extending our prana, we're extending the tadasana, and we're opening up and making our vessel, our incredible, beautiful body, longer and leaner through balance, through breath. And then as we dive deeper into it, we become an unshakable with this because our breath, our life force keeps us steady, right? So we're still in Tadasana, right? And then we're going to take it deeper into the pose where it becomes a backbend. And that's all about that space of lifting your heart and allowing yourself to find serenity even in the full expression of who you are. Very cool. So when people do this, um, you're um, opening up to courage and poise and um, really catalyzing the, uh, an idea of growth or expansion, which is all about um, what Shiva is. Does anybody know who um, Shiva is? Hmm? Yeah, it's a Hindu deity, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, Shiva, the king dancer, this powerful asana that we're talking about today, um, is one of the Hindu deities that you're quite likely to have heard of, right? And he's part of the Trimurti, or Muti, um, a group of three of the most powerful and revered gods, right? So Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. And then there's three goddesses that balance out that stuff. This isn't on your sheets, eh? And um, so uh, these are the um, trinity of supreme wisdom. And Shiva 
uh, oversees um, the idea of um, aspects of destruction, but often, and this is why the pose is about the cosmic dancer, about the Lord of the dance, um, it might not be destruction, but it could really be about transformation, right? Out of the darkness and into the light, energetically trusting yourself, really being grounded in your truth and being there, um, which is vital to the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. The hero Sorry, poses. Well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was actually, that's a pose that was created for destruction, but rather than destruction, transformation, like you said. Yeah. Great. Awesome. And this Lord of the Dance is doing something in this pose that we're, it's called the Ananda Tandava, which is translated as the Dance of Bliss. Runs again, I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. But as we go through this, we're in one of the 108 poses of the Dance of Bliss. So the idea of this pose being more of an advanced asana, as it says on your sheet, and it's more of a, um, a culmination of a bunch of backbends and you're you know, standing and holding yourself firmly, you're allowing yourself to create space to transform into growth and expansion. So as you and as teachers start teaching this pose to other individuals, it's really not about alignment. As you know, as teachers and as practitioners, you're having a bunch of inner dialogue, and you have to push away the stuff that starts to kind of percolate and bubble up and really start to listen to your body and your feelings versus kind of those ingrained thoughts that first arise, like, oh, I can't do this, or my hip hurts, right? All those kleshas, all of those, if you just started, these are words that you'll start to kind of figure out, but all those things that kind of like hold you back from your full expression. So the whole part of this posture, the whole part of really what we're doing is allowing ourselves to kind of go through life's ups and downs and the the changing of um, um, the movements and the pose allow you to bear witness to the cycle of change. And that's what we're focusing on when we work with this pose. Whoa, that's intense. Are you all still with me? Yeah? Yeah. So you're going to be teaching Tadasana. You're going to be teaching alignment and structure and how to get into the pose. But the entire thing behind it is really you're allowing your students to get into that internal connection, right? To find the joyful insight of not the thoughts or the stuff that's in between the mind, but how to find transformation to shed into the divine essence that they truly are. Cool. Okay. So when you look at the first pose um, of the first page of our handout, some of you might even not know what Shiva looks like, right? So Shiva, um, that Hindu god, um, uh, the cosmic dancer, is um, who's also called the great destroyer, there's a picture of it right there in the far right. Do you see it? Yes. Yes. Shiva, who represents change um, and rebirth, uh, allows you to really be not ignorant, but start to be the divine person that you are. And as you go deeper into the pose, I showed some pictures from um, Kamenov's book on kind of what the muscle groups and the anatomy of what you're working on. As you kind of get into the pose and you release the toxins and the ignorance and all of that stuff, I put in a question after props. What helps you break free from your old patterns and allow you to embrace change? So maybe that's your homework. How do you tap into your divinity when you let go of the suffering that you allow your mind to control you with, right? Those of you who take the sutras with me know that a lot of times the sutras um, really are kind of like, if they're 
meant to calm the fluctuations of the mind and allow you to transform and find your um, inner awareness. A lot of the sutras is really all about, um, like, uh, Patanjali was like the first therapist, right? So the idea of what you're doing in this pose is you're trying to break free of those old patterns. When you go past the homework question, the component parts or the parts of the body that need to be warmed up or educated to do the pose are your hip flexors, your um, back bending poses so that you open up the um, low back and engage your core stability. So do you all know kind of where your thoracic cavity is? Right? What time do you go to breakfast at? Seven. Seven, right? So at seven we go to breakfast at your cervical spine. It's going to be part of the practice because we're not lifting our chin up high, but we're lengthening from our center, from our thoracic cavity, from our diaphragm, from the breath. What time do you go to lunch at? Good. Okay. What time do you go to dinner at? Five, because we they merge together as we get older, right? So five. So as yogis, when we're in this pose, the core stability and the back bend actually comes not just from engaging the abdominals intelligently, as it says over here, but you're trying to lengthen all of your entire spine, right? You're trying to create space and telescope your spine to find that freedom and transformation. Then when you go to the next page, because we are starting Tadasana from the foundation, from the pada, all the way up to the top of the head, we're opening up our hamstrings in this pose, where you're hinging forward from the hip, the back of the thighs have to start opening. And then we start with that arm in extension, which as I was discussing in the beginning of our um, conversation, or my little monologue, how that is still an extension of your spine. That's part of the pillar. This gives you the stability. It's almost as if you truly are telescoping up from the crown of the head with the extended arm. And with that arm in extension, there's also one that's reaching back and grabbing the foot behind you to help not only with a shoulder opener, but to help you to create this arc of intelligence and create this beautiful form to allow balancing. And the poses that are associated with dancer or what is a good prep pose or setup, oh, that got kind of like disappeared. I think I deleted something by accident, sorry. Um, the kind of like um, virasana, do you know what virasana is? Hero's pose, right? So supine, you can do a supine. You're opening up the hip flexors and the quads. Uh, Setu Bandhasana. What's Setu Bandhasana? It's the precursor to Urdhvadhanurasana. Some people call Setu Bandhasana Urdhvadhanurasana. Bridge pose, right? So Setu Bandhasana. Um, what is um, uh, Bhujangasana? Yep, right? So cobra pose. So already when you're heating your body with the sun salutation, you're already prepping yourself for Natarajasana. What is Utkatasana? Chair pose. And why do you think that that affects it based on um, the component parts we just talked about? Supports the lower back, right? Who? What? Arms. Yeah, arms extension and the pillar. When you are in Utkatasana, you have to kind of engage your glutes and lean back a little bit. You still have the feet on the ground, but you have um, to engage your hamstrings. So it's conditioning you to work from your hamstrings, Utkatasana. So that's a great pose to condition your students with, right? Uh, how about uh, Parjvokanasana? Mm -hmm. Right? Extended side angle stretch. 
so that you're getting the openness in your shoulder, you're getting that long line from fingers to toes, you're already, you're doing half of an Utkatasana, right? You just have your foot back. Okay. Hopefully the handouts are, for those of you who are new, are also a good way for you to kind of like go do research if you don't know a word, like your friend Google will help you figure out what that word is. But I think that um, when you say the Sanskrit word as a teacher, even if it's in our American kind of like uh, it's uh, slang, it might not be the perfect Sanskrit pronunciation, but you're still saying the pose, which has an effect on your energetic system because you're polishing with the word. Um, so please, if you want to look it up, let's see. Um, Virvadrasana. Is what you were talking about, that they, all these poses are integrated and interconnected. So Virvadra, um, like the auspicious hero. Um, how about uh, um, Dhanurasana? Mm -hmm. The bow pulling pose, right? So basically, like, cobra is an updog, any kind of a backbend. What's a another backbend that would be a good prep pose that isn't on there? Chakrasana. Up dog, right? Full full cobra. Uh, how about a camel? What's camel? Ustrasana, right? So a lot of the things that we're already doing are the poles. If you really uh, kind of step back from it. Uh, let's see. Um, Ekapada just means like one-handed, um, ustrasana, one-handed. Um, let's see. And then, and then there's a list of follow-up poses that are twists and forward folds and even like a fish pose that allow you to get into there. I gave you a little bit on number five. It goes to the sequence to make the pose more accessible. And the sequence to make the pose more accessible um, there's no clocks in here. Oh, there. The sequence to make the pose more accessible, I gave you two different versions. One um, is uh, uh, the A and then the B version. And we might try one of these today, but we're going to just really focus on taking the pose deeper. If you um, go to number six, it tells you about taking the posture deeper where it goes into um, different poses. Mermaid, what's mermaid pose? So mermaid pose is when you put the foot in the hand and, and you've got your hands clasped. And scorpion? Kind of, but there's one where it's a standing scorpion. And then there's the standing splits where a lot of like Instagram pictures where girls who have been gymnasts and then they just do the splits, they're calling that dancer's pose, right? Remember that the best dancer's pose could look like this because it's about letting the ego go and really listening to the breath and finding your space. Uh, then there is uh, goes into um, to remember that if all of these poses uh, are helping you to tap into the vital life force um, we want to remember how all of these poses are based on Tadasana right so as we're finding our alignment we're working with the breath and as yogis we know our hands are our feet and our feet are our hands so what's the center of your practice? <laughs> right, yeah. What's another word for core as the yogis? Breath and bandhas, right? Remember that if you like um, kind of exposed yourself to yourself, your core is superficial, right? That's more of a, a ego part of your body. But if you go deeper into it and you go into the energetics of the practice and the tadasana and the breath work, that's really what's helping you stay structurally aligned on the mat. 
So as a yoga teacher, I would try to find other words than core, if you can. You know, even saying stable or a good foundation um, or, um, you know, breath work cues. But as your hands are your feet and your feet are your hands and your center is your breath, it's that breath that's going to keep you in the steady and easeful state to find stillness. And you want to make sure that as we're cueing your students, you have an equal distribution of weight as you balance out the ha and the ta. And the benefits of the pose, what do you think some of the benefits of the pose would be as you find this conscious active breath? You can even cheat and read one that I put there. Well, it opens up your chest. It opens up your chest, right? And your shoulders. Yep. Would it help you to breathe better? Yes. Would it help you to trust yourself? Right? And as you trust yourself, it is um, opening the shoulders helps to counteract bad, uh, bad posture which a lot of times, I mean, we live in a culture where we see like over seven screens in a day, but a lot of times we're protecting our heart and that's why a lot we always have the shoulders kind of forward. Uh, relieves back pain, bronchial distress, um, even tennis elbow, right? Because we're opening up. And as we realign the spine, it promotes proper kidney function. Where are your kidneys? Right? In your lower back body. Where do you hold most of your stress? In your lower back body. Um, and when we have that stress and that strain and our kidneys don't function properly, that's when cortisol starts to get produced. And what's cortisol? Stress. Right? And what's the best way to counteract the stress, I mean, other than this pose that we're going to be doing? What releases serotonin the easiest? Breathing. Right? In through the mouth. Yeah, in through the nose. So you're cueing your students to find these benefits by breathing through the nostrils because it, it, it helps you to find the serotonin. And then energetically, as you stimulate all the chakras, you're creating opening in the fourth or heart chakra, but you're also working because it's a grounding pose and it's helping you to get free from inner insecurity and taking yourself too seriously. This pose is also about like the first and second chakras, right? Because it's about the foundation and finding stability. So that creation and destruction, you're balancing between the two. Inhaling and exhaling, you're trying to find symmetry. Uh, it's cool because as you massage the um, energetic channels, you're also massaging your entire endocrine system. And there's lots of people that we say if they can't balance, there's no reason you can't use the wall to use it as support. And we'll do a partner one where you can use your friend to balance with your friend so that you don't have to do this thing on your own. You can get support as you start to create the freedom in the pose. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, it, I also put other things here about how it relieves stress and it's a natural painkiller. And who should watch out for doing this pose? Shoulder issues, okay. Well, you've listed them here. So. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, how about uh, lower back stuff? Yeah. So if someone has a lower back issue, did you know that you could do Bikasana? How many of you know Bikasana? Right? Let's all come on to our tummies.
So we'll start off this pose as you're opening up to your internal connection and listening. The first way to start to help people with this pose is to take the block and put it skyscraper in between the legs. So you're squeezing the block in between the legs. So you're starting your Tadasana laying down on the ground in Cobra. You're squeezing it as close up to your privates as you can. Right? Place your forehead to the ground as you squeeze the block and take and reach your hands forward. Tent the fingers out in front of you so that there's a little space, a pocket of air underneath your hands. So your hands are shoulder width apart and your arms are straight and true unless you have a shoulder injury going on. Yep, tent up the fingertips. Good, all right. As you squeeze the block, draw the pubic bone forward, lengthen the tailbone. So we work with vortexes of energy in our practice. Spread out the big toe from the pinky toe. Press the shoelace side of your feet down to the ground. Good. Feeling space in your body? Yes? Broaden your shoulders. Push your shoulders to the sides of the room as you create space for the breath. Feel your back getting stronger? So you're just doing Tadasana on the ground. Use your next exhale. Slide your hands towards your shoulders so that the fingertips are underneath your shoulders. And if you feel like you have shifted your body, realign. Pubic bone slightly forward, lengthen the tailbone, squeeze the block, spread out the toes. Your kneecaps are smiling, but your shin bones are trying to touch down to the ground. Your elbows are high like little chicken wings. Good. With your next exhale, let all the air out. Press the belly button to your spine. Lift your chest up with no weight on your hands. Good. How many of you took your chin and like lifted it high to the sky? Yeah, so just like in dancer, we're lengthening from the top of the head to the toes. So our crown of our head is lifting up, but our chin is relaxed. To protect your neck, touch the tongue to the roof of your mouth. So you engage the muscles that support your neck, and energetically you're starting to create more movement in the um, central nervous system. Good. Lower yourself back down, left ear on the ground, look to the right. Awesome. First prep for Lord of the Dance, Gentle Cobra. We're going to move to Bikasana in a second. I just want you to get an up dog too. With your next exhale, place your forehead down to the ground. You're still squeezing the block, correct? Your feet aren't passive because your spine, the arc of intelligence is in your foot. It's in your hands. It's not just your spine. As your toes spread out wide and you allow the body to lengthen, take your hands near the lower rib cage. Keep squeezing the block. So now your hands are out from underneath the shoulder and your thumbs are kind of near the um, widest part of your ribs. With your next exhale, begin to press into the palms and lift your heart up. We're going to keep our pubic bone down, but squeeze into the block so you don't feel any pinching in your low back. Good. Lifting your heart up. Nice, Sam. Breathe into it. Christine, bend your elbows just a little bit. Your shoulders are back. Your heart is open. So we're not locking out the arms because we have a lot of resiliency in our upper body. Good. If you feel a compression, lower down a little bit, but squeezing into the block, try and lift your heart up like you're in an up dog, but your pubic bone's down to the ground. So everybody on my left, lift up higher. Even higher. Even higher. Straighten your arms. Lift up, lift up. But your elbows are a little bent because it's resilient, so you're not locking out the arms. Bring your shoulders back. Good. Now press into the shoelace side of your feet for your up dog and pull your pubic bone in between your thumbs. Yeah, your pubic bone should be up in between your thumbs. Urdhva Mukha, uh, bend the elbows, draw the shoulders back. Good, so you're keeping an open-hearted space. Is everybody okay? Good, remember we haven't had a practice, so be really kind to yourself. Now are your thighs up off the ground? Are you squeezing your block? Good, relax your jaw. Elbows are back. Eyes are calm. Relax your thoughts. 
10 more minutes. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Uh, uh, one time someone left me in Warrior Two and went and like, like they had come on back down. And they went to the bathroom. And, they, and I thought like they were doing it, they were actually doing it on pur purpose, but they kept the whole class in Warrior Two for like 20 minutes. Sweat and shaking and uh, because you were letting go of your pretenses and your ego and you were really coming into pose, right? What did you notice in that? Come into child's pose before we go into Bikasana. What did you notice with the block in between your legs? More engagement. More engagement. So your QLs, the muscles that are the larger muscle group that support the spine, they were active. Some of you started sweating. Wow. You hardly did anything, right? You started sweating. That's yoga, right? Because you were starting to tap into those prana and the different values moving through you. Okay? Take your body a little bit further forward. Now as you come back out into uh, Vikasana, we're not going to use the block for Vikasana because we had our up dog. But you noticed... Uh, just like our practice this morning, how the block in between the legs made you keep Tadasana, right? And it made you keep your toes splayed out wide so that your shoelace side of your foot was down to the ground. A lot of times when you see your students go into an up dog, their heels go out and you can tell they go totally passive in their legs and they just push through it, right? We're engaging the whole body. So dancer's pose is just a cobra. Dancer's pose is just an up dog. Now, Bikasana, lay out on your tummy. Does anybody eat frog legs? Yeah? I've never tried them. Someone said it tastes like chicken. It tastes like chicken. Oh, that's funny. I don't know, it's like poor little froggy. Okay, so we're doing the dance of life, right? The ups and downs, the challenges, all the things that are helping us to come into growth and expansion. So this pose is a prep pose for kind of getting you into dancer. Come up onto your elbows. You're in a little gentle up dog. We don't have the block in between the legs, so keep the hips nice and open and breathe. With your next exhale, take your right foot up. I'm doing opposite because I'm facing them. Uh, take and bring your left hand to your right elbow. Yep, take your right hand back and grab your foot and pull the heel towards your buns. Oh, look at that. Ultimately, your fingers come forward like you're in Chaturanga. And your heels to your butt. Yeah. Good. You're in dancer's pose, people. Release the foot. Okay? Let's do a dolphin plank so you reset your spine. Remember that mastering Shiva's dance takes practice. And that's what we're doing. Practice, 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 practice is progress. Lower your hips back down. Bring your left foot up. Take your right hand to the left elbow. Thank you. It's been a long life. Okay, bring your left hand back. Grab your foot. Press your foot into your hand. Foot, hand into foot. Rotate the fingers forward and breathe. Those of you who practiced this morning with me are pretty warm, so those of you who haven't, please be nice to yourself. Excuse me. Feel okay? Release. Okay, dolphin plank. Remember you're in Tadasana, so your shoulders are reaching the sides of the room, your uh, Fanning your tail feathers, your feet are active, you're breathing deeply, your crown of your head is lengthening, but your heels are lengthening back. So it's just that dynamic opposition, back and forth, front and back. The ha and the ta are finding their center. So same thing for your um, lower back down. For the lord of the dance or your um, cosmic dancer that we're doing is you're just balancing out your sweetness and your strength right, through this transformative process. Bend your knees. Reach your hands back. Rotate your fingers forward and bring your heels to your butt. 
I'm going to stop because I have a bad back today. Yep. Lift your chest up. Nope. So it's not a urdhva, it's not a bow pose, dhanurasana. You're bringing your heels towards your buns. Good. Fun, huh? Oh, heels to the butt, not kick to the sky. Good. And then release. Bekasana. Child's pose. How is that? Good. Slowly come on back up. Okay. We are going to take and bring our um, feet out and our knees forward and sit in between the heels. If that's too much, you can use your block. But this is hero's pose. Almost the same thing as Bikasana. How many people have done this pose? How many people have done Bikasana before? Right? So most teachers might just teach this versus what we just did to open up the fronts of your legs and the backs of your legs. And then the full pose is supta, Urasana, where you lay down. I won't have you do it, the supine version. We really get into your hip flexors and all that yummy stuff. Good. Slowly and mindfully, come on into a neutral tabletop position. As you come into a tabletop position, inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Good. Inhale, lift your heart. Exhale, hollow out the belly. Inhale to a neutral spine. And roll your toes under, downward facing dog. Good. Your head hangs down. Your hips are open. Your eyes are soft. Take and guide your right leg high, bend the knee, and open the hip. So another pose you can do to get your hip to open up for your dancer. Take and step your right foot forward, low lunge. Good. Begin to guide the left knee to the ground and reach your hands to your heart. Keep the left leg strong as you roll the toes forward and straighten the left leg, crescent. All these poses, you're just doing dancer. Now remember, we're just going slow today, so if you don't want to lift your arms up, if you don't want to do the pose, honor your practice. On your exhale, hands come back down to the ground. Place the left knee and shin down. Okay? Reach your right hand back up high to the sky. Good. Take the left heel up and reach your right hand back towards the heel. Now honor your knees. Make sure you're okay. And bring your hands back down to the ground. Step back, downward facing dog. Now, obviously, when you're prepping your students for this pose, you're doing all of these vinyasas, right? Your up dogs, your tadasana, your hero poses, warrior one. Take your left leg high to the sky. Bend the knee and open the hip. As you go through all of this, you're really trying to just create space for the knowledge within. Step the foot forward. Right knee and shin down to the ground. With your inhale, reach your arms up high to the sky. Good. Feel this stability and take and roll the right toes under, straighten the leg. Good. Try not to hammock in the joints, but lift up from the breath. Beautiful. As you exhale, palms come down to the ground. Right knee, shin down to the ground. Reach the left arm up high to the sky. Good. Take and reach the 
right foot up as the left hand comes back to grab. So you're opening up the shoulders, you're opening up your body. What's another pose you could do with your arms to help to open up your shoulders as you're in this twisted monkey? A bind, yep. Mm -hmm. And then release, palms come down and step back, down dog. Gorgeous, your head hangs, your eyes are soft, inhaling and exhaling. With your next inhale, let's take and come into high plank. On your exhale, lower knees, chest, chin, everything comes down. And with your inhale, do just a gentle cobra as you prep your body to go deeper. Good exhale, downward facing dog. Your head hangs down, your eyes are soft. Walk your hands and feet to meet at the center of the mat. Good. Bend your knees as much as you need to. Hug your legs from behind, stomach to the thighs, face to the shins. Grab onto your opposite elbows. Notice if you've mastered the idea of a vidya, if you're kind of like, um, you know, stuck in your thoughts, or if you're just in this space, engage your glutes and try and straighten the legs as you keep your face towards your shins. Clear the space. As we lay the ground for Tadasana, with a little bend in the knees, reach your arms up high, chair pose, Utkatasana. So now we're still engaged in the glutes, our eyes are soft, our breath is calm. Good, with your next inhale, straighten the legs, reach your arms up high, take and bring your right leg up. Good, flex the foot, kick out through the foot. Sweep it back, warrior three, so you're finding stability. Good, breathe into it. You can do your hands forward or your hands back in airplane and on your next exhale, come on back up. and release your arms and your legs, right? So all of these poses are just building up to your dancer, creating the freedom. Is everybody okay? Yes. All right, take and bring your um, uh, left knee up. Use your inhale, reach your arms up. You're in Tadasana. Work with the breath, take the left leg forward, and now sweep the leg back, Virabhadrasana three. Good, so you're already in Dhanurasana, you just don't have the back bend. Feel that auspiciousness of your hero pose, breathe into this space, and then inhale, come on back up, your arms are high, kick out through the foot, breathe into it, you've got it, and lower the foot, arms down by your sides. Good, with your next exhale, grab onto your block. Take your friend the block, and begin to really find those stabilizing points so we can um, get into the uplifting back bend to promote the courage in your student, okay? Take the big toes, touch them down, and spread out the rest of the toes from the big toes. Feel your back nice and long. And what do you feel when the block is in between your legs standing versus laying down? More stable. More stable? Yeah. Yep. Uh, anybody else? Huh? Lifting up. Right, lifting up, right? So you're really engaging that root to rise concept, the idea of standing in your space, the alignment. With this alignment, take and bring your hands to your hips. Elbows reach back. What do you notice when you do this? Expansion. Expansion. Anybody notice it's almost like you're already doing a little bit of a dance or you have the heart opener? Right? You're already doing it, okay? So you've got this space, take and bring your right elbow to your rib cage. Let the left arm reach up like a pillar and spread out your toes. Lower them back down and really feel your body engaged. Good, 
With your next exhale, take and real slowly lower the left arm down and reach your arms down. Let's do the same thing on the other side. Take the left elbow up, palm faces up, reach the arm out. Inhale, reach the right arm high. So you haven't really done anything. The thumb spirals in, the pinky spirals back. So you're opening up the vortexes in the shoulder. Beautiful. Lower the left arm, reach your right arm down. Okay. Now we're going to take the block away and you're going to let this be phantom block. Okay. Phantom block legs. As you find your phantom block legs, begin to start to take and bring the right elbow towards the ribcage. Take an inhale, left arm up high to the sky. Your palm is um, open, your eyes are soft. Reach your right heel towards your buns. You are in dancer's pose. You are in a variation of Vikasana, right? If you were on your tummy. There's so many different things that you're already in that you've already done. Guide your right hand to the inside of the right foot. Palm faces out. Kiss your knees together. Really feel that space, that engagement. With your next exhalation, begin to um, kick the foot back. But don't move forward. Good. Kick the foot back, but don't move forward, just like Vikasana. Someone has a squeaky board. <laughs> and release, toes and heels together, arms down by your sides. Okay? Let's find the other side. Left elbow towards the rib cage. Right arm reaches up high. Left heel towards the buns. Breathe as you reach your hand back, your palm faces out. Why does your palm face out? Right, so you've bound your hand. Uh, Rotate your palm a color. Yeah. Other way. Your, yes, there you go. Yes. Uh, knees kiss. Good. Kick foot into hand, hand into foot. Lift your heart. Remember, you're not um, uh, lifting the hip out of alignment. And then slowly release toes and heels together, arms down by your sides. How many of you were gymnasts? How many of you are really flexible? Cool. How many of you felt good when you did three-legged dog at the fire hydrant? Right? Okay. If I stood like that when I'm doing this pose, what do you think happens to my sacrum? If I wasn't three-legged dog, make sure nothing's going on down there. And if I was three-legged dog and I bent my knee and opened my hip, if I did dancer's pose, and I bet my knee and opened my hip like that, am I in dancer's pose? No, why? I'm not in, in Tadasana, right? Okay. That is what your students are going to do. They're going to bend their knee and open their hip. So why do you think I had you squeeze your knees together? <clears throat> to keep Tadasana. So want to keep your hip points forward as you're finding this space. So just like in your crescent lunge, just like in your hero poses, you're still in Tadasana. So the, the biggest challenge that you're gonna find is that people don't balance their shtira and their sukha. What is shtira? Strength. What's sukha? Comfort, sweetness, ease, right? People are going to go to their avidya. People are going to go to their kind of like easy out, right? But we don't want to feed them that poison. We want to do the exact opposite. We want people to drop into awareness. So our ultimate goal is how do I get someone to do the practice like this so that they don't have bad back problems when they get older or that they can fix themselves, because yoga is therapy, right? Everything we're doing is yoga chikitsa. Yoga is therapy. We are offering people alignment so you can heal and create connections from disconnections. So the biggest challenge you're going to find with your students is how to keep those hip points in alignment, how to keep tadasana, okay? 
Making sense? Yes. Let's take it a little bit deeper. Grab your strap. Anybody ever go to the state fair? Yes. Yeah. When we were kids, we used to get those. It was like a thing that looked like you were walking a dog, but there was nothing there. Right? Okay. This is what this makes me think of. So you have to take, if you have plastic, it's not my favorite. It doesn't always work for me, but take the D ring and make a little loop. So you have a little loop. Who has a little loop already? Okay, you have a little loop. So you have two options. Let me just show you this, Sam. Okay, so you have a little loop here, and then you have one that's not connected. It doesn't matter which one you do, okay? It's a pain in the behind as a teacher with these straps, okay? So I actually just had people do it like this. So here's the idea. You either fold it in half and go like that, and you take it, and you're going to put your foot through it. Right? Or you're walking the dog, and your foot goes through it. Either one still works. All good. Okay? I don't know if this watch is right. Do I have 15 more minutes? Um, I have 10 after. 10. Okay, good. Okay, so whichever one you have, thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Um, whichever one you have, it's fine. Doesn't matter. Stick your foot in it. Right foot. Right. To the ankle. Yeah. Uh, around the foot. Chain. Chains that bind. Yoga is all about S and M. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you have it to the D ring and it's not looped and you pull too tight, you're going to. Very dominate Trixie. It's going to hurt. Okay. Everybody's got that? Okay. I have a fake one. Okay? In, uh, feet in alignment, right? We start off in Tadasana. Take the big toes down. Spread out the rest of the toes from the big toes. Remember that everybody's hips are different. If I lined you up like you were in a police lineup, everybody's hips are so different. If a student feels more comfortable with their feet frontal hip bone distance apart because of the way that their hips insert into the sockets, that's perfect. If someone feels really good here, awesome. Okay? Just depends. So we have our feet parallel with each other. You've got your strap in your right hand and the rope is around the right ankle. Inhale, reach the left arm high. Let your palm face forward. Take your right heel to your bums. Okay? Breathe. You have your phantom block there. On your next inhale, take your strap and throw it over your shoulder like a rotten apple core. Good. Kick the foot into the strap and reach your right arm up so that your hand is above your head and the left hand can grab onto the strap. So both hands are holding the strap. I'm, I'm doing it with my imaginary friend. Okay? Walk your hands up the strap to pull the knee up higher. Good. But don't go into your flexibility. Lift your heart. Keep your, keep your torso in Tadasana, right? We're working for the alignment. <laughs> Good. Try and straighten your arm. Thanks, Katie. Breathe into it. You guys are in dancer's pose. That's dancer's pose. Some of you are squinting your lips. Some of you are like, I can see your eyebrows. Let your eyebrows relax because you look like you're pooping. <laughs> And slowly release. We haven't even kicked out yet, right? Who had a hard time keeping their knee pointing down? Right? If you're really flexible, then you kind of have to pull back and find your strength. If you're really strong, then you have to do the exact opposite. You have to find the dance, right? And find that like movement between the two. And that's the hardest thing. Because you're all already starting to go into your uh, strengths, which could be your weakness. 
Let your weakness become your strength. Because the reason that the cosmic dancer is on the dwarf is because the dwarf is like the poison. The dwarf is the trickster trying to like F with your head. It's like, ooh, how can I really mess with you? I'm going to say something your parents said to you when you were five. <laughs> Hit that trigger, huh? right? Oh, or you're in the pose and you're like, lunch. I really want lunch. <laughs> and you start thinking about that stuff. But come back to the alignment. Come back to Tadasana. So let's switch legs so that we can go deeper. But does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So what's going to be the last thing is you're going to cue your friend in this pose. And you're cueing Tadasana. Okay? Let's take and bring our um, strap around the left ankle. With your next inhale, take and reach your right arm high to the sky. The strap is in the left hand. Take and draw the left heel to your buns. Take and reach the left arm and the strap over your shoulder. Take and bring the left hand towards your foot, uh, to, to the top of your head. Why is your left foot flexed? To keep it activate, but to protect the meniscus and the knee. Drop the knee inward, yeah. Uh, okay, grab on with both hands to the strap and try and walk the foot back like it's on, um, like you have an erector set. And you're like uh, pulling it up slowly, but you're not messing up the alignment. So my flexi people, drop your hip into alignment. Yes? Good, slowly release. Arms down by your side. All right. Two, 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 Okay, look at your friend. Hi, friend. <laughs> Good. 
Bhitadasana, lift your left toes up. Don't lock out your left leg, but lift your heart. So you're still standing straight. Pull yourself back, some of you. Good, release, toes and heels together, arms down. Shake it out. <laughs> Second side. Right foot, roots, left knee bends. Reach your hands back, grab onto your foot. Remember, you're just in Tadasana. Oh, working hip flexors, shoulders, spine, breath, posture. You're in Tadasana. Relax your face. Kick foot into hand, hand into foot. Don't lift your chest forward. Kick foot into hand, hand into foot. Kick, 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 kick. Arms are straight. Breathe, lift your heart. Are you popping your rib cage open? Are you breathing? And release. Good. Who fell out? Who couldn't hold their foot? Yeah. It's hard, right? You were all in dancer's pose, though, and you didn't fall out on the second side. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Who has a dominant right leg? Right? So the second side was easier, huh? Yeah. So we want to make the other side equal, right? Because we're trying to create symmetry or some sort of symmetry, and then we have to rebalance again, always. Uh, you're doing dancer. It's awesome, right? Everybody find a spot on the wall. We're only going to do one side here. You can use that thing, too. Place uh, your gaze forward. Yeah. Uh, Okay, you're facing forward to the wall. Taken just like you had with your partner, you're facing the wall. Face your pillar, face your wall. Let's do left side. Right hand to the wall. Take your left hand and bring the elbow towards your ribcage. Palm faces up. Rotate your hand back, grab your left foot from the inside. Good. Push into the wall and kick back with the foot. Good. We're all doing dancer's pose. Kick foot into hand, hand into foot. Beautiful. And release. So now we have a strap, a friend, a wall. There's all kinds of ways to do it. We learned ways to do dancers on our tummy, right? So if you have a student who is, uh, I wouldn't say like, um, you know, like recovering from something, like, all you have to do is, this is dancer. Right? I want to heal myself. I can only do yoga laying down. I'm in dancer's pose. But you're trying to find that engagement from the inside out through the breath. Okay. The last little part, if you want to, is the chin mudra. Right? The mudra for cosmic consciousness, because it's the cosmic dancer. All right. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Stand on the center of your mat. With your next inhale, reach your arms up high to the sky, toes face forward. With your next exhale, take and bring your right elbow towards your right ribcage. Palms are facing forward. Take your right heel to your bum. Reach your right hand back and grab onto the foot from the inside. Take the left hand and find the mudra and begin to breathe. So once we touch thumb to finger, after you feel the heartbeat for like two you know, 20 plus seconds, then the mudra starts to kick in energetically. Reach the hand forward as your chest comes forward and kick the foot back as your foot goes back. But feel the stability, because keeping your arm up high to the sky, that is the pose too. Every pose is tadasana. Be the breath. Every muscle is active, relax your forehead. Your lips are soft, like you're kissing your favorite person. Your heart is open. And you're allowing yourself to break free of old patterns. Relax your thoughts. And release toes and heels together, arms down by your sides. Nice. Do your little hippie shake. And switch to the other side. So your drishti, your gaze is going into that inner insight. Inhale, arms start up high, palms face forward, shoulders open, heart is expressive. Uh, don't do that over exaggerated pelvic tilt. Okay. okay. And be calm. 
right? It's about the breath. Left elbow towards the rib cage. Left hand reaches back as the left heel comes up. Grab onto your foot from the inside. Your knees are trying to be glued together and you're filling up your pelvic bowl with the conscious active breath. Find the mudra. Good. Breathe into it. Keep the extension in the arm. Kick foot into hand, hand into foot. Kick, stretch, kick, stretch. Feel this dynamic opposition. You're just dancing with the breath. Inhaling and exhaling. Find levity. Feel yourself really bright and radiant and relaxed. Kick and release. Toes and heels together, arms down by your sides. Okay? Find your partner. Teach them. Dancer. We have two minutes each. <laughs> Ready, set, go. It was excellent. Excellent. You could stand. No one fell out. You have your words. They just take time. Um, Natarajasana is... Um, it really helps us to liberate ourselves from fear of change. It's asking us to work through its focus by backbending and balancing, right? So we can elicit fear in people because it's a little bit of a heart opener and a release. And it can also allow you to create transformation. And that's our ultimate goal. So sometimes as the cosmic dancer is called the great destroyer, we want to see it as a great transformer. We want to see it as something that can allow your students to really go deeper within and find their full expression um, and change form. That's what we're really trying to do as we come here. And just like the question I put on there for you, um, when you allow yourself to tap into your unique flexibility and openness, you allow yourself to kind of break free from old patterns. So if you want that to be your homework question and you want to have something to journal on today, because I know that's part of your um, teacher training program, really think about what allows you to embrace change in your divinity to be free from suffering. Because that's what we're really doing when we find this pose. The last thing I want to say is on this sheet, I say um, when you're doing adjustments on students, the most powerful tool is your words as your teacher. And you want to really focus on giving space to your students for their particular body type and their skeleton. So you have to look at each unique individual for their experiences and who they are versus what you think and expect it should look like based on what you can do or based on what you see in social media. We are teaching each individual for each individual for who they are. And we're allowing them to open up into their authenticity and let go of their ego and find their full of self-expression so that we can have this world of radical compassion and kindness. Yeah. We're pure of heart revolutionary spirits. Breathe with your students. You guys are beacons of bright light and I'm really humbled and honored that I can be part of this program. Namaste. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your full moon Thursday? Is it Thursday? Yeah.